get started. Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Nazir Daf Chav Dalit. And as well, we're learning Daf Chav Hey Amad Aleph. We'll be going until about five lines from the bottom of the page. On Shabbos, we'll have a shorter shear. So I, I allotted 35 minutes on Shabbos. Um, I kind of like this move of like choosing how much time to give, especially in the winter months. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, there, this is an autocracy here. I get, to, I get to make some decisions against your will. Yeah, that's true. I know no one really knows when it's supposed to be. They look at the clock and then they move on. They just say, oh, is it 404? You know? yeah. So the Mishnah writes, the Mishnah writes as follows. Ha'isha Shanadra ben Nazir, a woman who accepts Naziris upon herself, the Frisha es Behemta, and she, is this right? Yeah. Yeah. The is exactly like the last Mishnah. The Frisha's Behemta, she separates her animals for the Nazirus. And then her husband undoes the Nazirus with his power of Hafara. Now, Im if the animals were really the husbands, so then says the Gemara. The animal can go back and graze with the rest of the flock. In other words, the animal's totally fine. Because the husband did have farah, the animal goes right back to the way that it was, which is a regular animal. However, if the animal had belonged to her, then then the animal is a chatas and the animal needs to die. Um, and in this case, the Ola, if he, she had separated out an Ola, then Tikrav Ola, you can still bring an Ola if she had already separated out an Ola. The reason why this is the case is because an Ola is Begeder Korban Nedava. And even though she had initially intended on bringing it for the sake of Nazirus, but Lamaisa, it can still be brought as a Nedava. And Shlamim as well, Tikrav Shlamim, if, with the Shlamim that she set aside, that can also be Shechted as a Shlamim because it's a Nedava. However, with two deviations on the typical rules of a Shlamim, number one is Echal and Yom Echad, whereas a typical Shlamim is eaten for two days, and whereas most Shlamim are brought with breads, this one is not brought with bread. All of this is the, the ratio of the Mishnah. But, but why isn't it still a chathos? Like, why shouldn't she still bring the chathos? Because isn't making the nether in the first place the chathos? Mm-mm. The Nazirus is the chathos. Right. But she wasn't the Nazirus. He stopped it. She, she didn't fulfill her Nazirus. He interrupted it. was for one second, she was still a Nazirus. That's a great, that that's a great question. That deserves research. That That's a great question. We said the other night, Megas guys, right? We said Megas guys. Yeah. So it's, oh. a, it's a very fair question. That's correct. It does seem to be that, uh, what, by the case of Megas guys, she brought the chathos. Was that the case? No, no, I know, I know, but wasn't there a Mishnah like that? The mega that until if he's out for me, call us. So there's no then, then my then my question's out. But we possibly make us guys, you know. We do possibly make us guys, but no, yeah, we possibly make us guys. The question is, does the din of her being a chote for restricting herself from the physical parts of this world is that only true when she completes her nazirus, or is it true even in piecemeal? Great question. I don't know the answer. I don't know. There's really no other case. What do you mean? There's no other case where she doesn't complete. She's mechuyiv to complete. What? Well, I don't understand. There's no other case other than this where a woman would be a zero. Well, there's hafara and there's sheila. There's a, you can get out of it in two ways with hafara, her doing it, him doing it, right, or her going to bed. And I don't know if sheila works. Not no, not not retroactively. No, but even Hafara doesn't work right. Nothing works retroactively. Nothing works retroactively. It's a good question, text. I, I don't I don't know the answer to that. It would have to be no, your question stands no matter what, because there if she keeps it for a minute of no drinking wine. Okay.
All right. Next, uh, the halfway through the Mishnah. We had spoken out in the first half of the Mishnah that if a woman were to have separated animals, then, then the dinim would be respectively what they are, that the chatas will die and the other two can still be brought because they're a begeder nadava. However, what if she only separated money and not animals? And the Mishnah says eight lines down, if she sets aside, let's say, $500 for all three animals, then that money is yiplu the nadava. All of the money can be given as a nadava. Well, the Gemara is going to ask on this, but the chatas is included in that. How can a chatas be brought as a nadava? That doesn't make any sense. We'll discuss that later in the Gemara. However, most Mifurashin, if she separates the money and says, listen, the chatas is 200, the ola is 150, the next animal is 150, and total is 500, so say $500, same money, but she put them in different piles. And she said, she specified what the monies were for. Then the halachos change. Then the halacha is that the money that was set aside for the chatas, that gets destroyed, it gets thrown away. Uh, and you're not allowed to benefit from it. But at the same time, you cannot violate me'ila. It's not really chatas dollars. It's just, we try to be makbed on it. It's like midra banan or maybe where it's a chumrah. Yeah, it's just you, it's yelchuliyam hamelach. You're supposed to get rid of the money. No one should benefit from it. So literally, that translates as throw it into the dead sea. But it just means, uh, yeah, get rid. It means destroy it. Whatever. It just doesn't mean literally that way. But that's in regards to the chatas. What about the dmei ola? Then yavu ola umalim behind the ola is still real, even though she initially separated the ola for nazirus purposes, and now her her nazirus is done because her husband did, did hafara. But still, that animal has the status of an ola umol in behen, and there is even meila in that particular case. And uh, this is again same as before that the shlamim that she had set aside the money for the shlamim that she had set aside there the din is it can be brought as a shlamim it can only be eaten for one day and to unin lechem ve'ain to unin lechem and it doesn't have the typical breads that are brought end of the mission. Now, in the beginning of this Mishnah, we spoke about something that's a little bit odd. We said, well, if the animal is his, then the halacha is X. If the animal is hers, then the halacha is Y. And this, says the Gemara, as it opens a little bit more than a third of the way down, is a problem. It's very clear that the husband is not mishtabed. He's not obligated to give her anything. Why is that clear? Because had the husband been obligated to give her give her these animals for her nazirus, there would be no, no difference between shalom and shalom because he would have given her the animals. By virtue of the fact that our Mishnah distinguishes between Shalom and Shalom, it highlights an opinion of Ashita, the Tanaim, that a husband is not obligated to support his wife as it relates to Korbanos. So Amar Chiza Rabbanani, we're going to see two versions of this Gemara. And this is version number one. Amar Chiza, it's the Rabbanon. If you want to say that our Mishnah is like Rabbi Yehuda, then when the animal belongs to him, why then would the animal will be free to be uh, to graze with the flock. After all, according to Rabbi Yehuda, there is a din, there is a machlokas tanaim, whether or not a husband is obligated to provide his wife with korbanos. According to the Rabbanon, uh, according to the Rabbanon, he is not obligated. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, he is obligated to provide her with korbanos. And what's the source for this? Titania. The Brisa writes a little more than halfway down. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Adam mevi korban asher al ishto. That a husband who's wealthy, when he's bringing a korban ola viorid, which is really dependent on their tax bracket. So even though his wife owns nothing, 
But when he brings the Korban Olav Yorid on her behalf, it has to be an Asher because he's wealthy. What do we see from there? That he's Meshuban. V'chein kol Korban Oseha, And he's also obligated to support her in all of her Korban Oshekach Kasuvla. This is what it says in the Ksuba. Kol Achrayas to Islich. I'm taking upon myself everything as it relates to you. What do we see from Rabbi Yehuda, black on white, that he holds that the husband is obligated to support her. So he cannot be the author of our Mishnah. The author of our Mishnah has to be the Rabbanon. And Rava says, not really. That's not correct. Ten lines from the bottom. Rava, we could even explain our Mishnah like Rabbi Yehuda. How could we explain our Mishnah like Rabbi Yehuda? If Rabbi Yehuda, the Brisa says that a husband is obligated to support his wife with korbanos, and our Mishnah seems to say that there's a difference in his and her korbanos. So says the Gemara, when is a husband obligated to support his wife with korbanos? That's That's only with korbanos that she's obligated to bring. But, she, but Naziris is optional. And because Naziris is optional, then even according to, to the to Rabbi Yehuda, we could explain our Mishnah because the Milsa de Lotzrichala, lo. Like our Mishnah is the case of Milsa de Lotzrichala. She does not have to accept Naziris upon herself. And because that's true, but she has to bring the Korbanos, it's Milsa de Lotzrichala. And that fits even according to Rabbi Yehuda. So Rabbi Yehuda does typically hold that a woman does get uh, the her needs and Korbanos from her husband, but only that which is Lotzorech, not that which is not Lotzorech. And all of this is version number one, because six lines from the bottom, Amre, some say, Mantana, who's the author of our Mishnah, who says there's a difference between the animal being his, the husband's versus the wife. So Amr is the opposite, Rabbi Hudahi. How could it be Rabbi Huda? Because because uh, just uh, there was a flip side of what we saw before. So here the Gemara says that really our Mishnah is just like Rabbi Chizah, the Rabbanon, because according to the Rabbanon, lo according to the Rabbanon, they have no Shibud. A husband has no Shibud of Korbanos to the wife at all. Zero. If that's true, then how then would we ever have a case scenario that a woman would have a korban of her own? Says the Gemara, it's a case where the husband was makna to her, specifically to her. Since he gave it to her, that's how he would be able to put this in her in her possessions. And on the top of the Gemara says, with inversion number two, we could even say that our Mishnah is like the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon were typically the ones of the opinion who says that there's no Shibud. So if there's no Shibud, how then can they explain our Mishnah? Says the Gemara, when does a husband give the wife um, animals for korbanos? That's nami b'milsa d'tzrichala, only if she needs it. But b'milsa d'lotzrichala, but if she doesn't need the korbanos, then lo maknila. So here we see these two different versions of uh, of our Mishnah. One is that our Mishnah is like Rav Yehuda, and the other is that our Mishnah is like the Rabbanon. And in both cases, we say, nah, don't worry. Our Mishnah could be like anybody. And there's ways to finagle to make it work like the Rabbanon and to make it work like Rav Yehuda. We had also said in our Mishnah, three lines down, We had said all the details that if she owned the animal, then the chatas goes gets killed, and the ola and the shlamim get to be brought as korbanos. So says the Gemara, and this was kind of like, just beneath the surface from the previous sugya, he minala. Where does she have anything at all? After all, we have a din ha'amris masha konsa isha konabaila. What what scenario is there where a woman has any ownership if the if the husband owns everything? What? My question for a few days ago. Exactly, exactly right. What? Okay. So th- then the Gemara says over here two answers. Amara papa she kimtsasa mi isasa. Right, Bar Kamsa, he was very cheap. She was stingy with her dough. The husband had an, has an obligation in the ksuba to feed his wife a certain amount. We learned about this in previous Masechtas. 
And says the Gemara, from the daily amount of food that she got, she rationed. She took that which he gave her, which is halachically hers, and she sold it for coins. And she uh, and she kept putting coins into the pushka until she had enough to buy an animal. So the Gemara says that because the food that was given to her was completely hers, even though he gave it to her, we don't apply the din of Masha Kansa Isha Kansa Vaila to the food that the husband gives his wife. That's That's a backwards thing to say. When he gives her this food, it's mamish hers. So that's answer number one as to where she would have gotten the money from. Answer number two, a third party, a cousin, a brother, an uncle, whoever it was, gave her the food, gave her the money. And he says to her, I'm giving this to you, but only And that actually seems to work, says the Gemara, to make a condition. It's a little bit odd in lumdus. I understand it socially, but it's... I've never seen the first one. The second one, I don't distinctly recall, but I have a kasha on it, which I didn't think about in the past for sure, because I don't remember learning it. And the kasha is that the din of Masha Kansa Isha Kansa Baila is a din throughout Shas, right? Unless there's something extenuating. Yeah, you make a tnain override a din in Shas. I don't know how the mechanics work, and it's a little bothersome to me, but nevertheless, we do see, and maybe that's why there's a first answer. It could be that these two answers, they don't like each other. It could be. But there is a din that a woman, whatever she acquires, belongs to her husband. And these are two exclusions. The food, the first answer is very svaradik. That's very logical that the food that she gets, that she receives as a wife as part of the rights of her ksuba, they're hers entirely. She can do with it as she's, she's fit. So he gets, she gets, let's say, two loaves of bread. She eats one, sells one. Great. She's got five shekel. She puts it in the pushka. And every day she gets five more shekel. And the animal costs 100 shekel in 20 days. She buys an animal. Perfect. But the second answer requires some research because... To say that I, as a third party, could make a t'nai on the wife that the rule, the regular rule of Masha Kansi Shakansabila doesn't kick in, that's a little odd. Maybe it's not opinion. Maybe it's all technically is belongs to the person who's giving it, just letting her use it. So it's not actually, she wasn't actually owning What does that mean? Why doesn't she own it? You gave it to me. Can I bring a Corbin with it? Yes or no? Do I own it or not? Well, no, that's what the whole point is that it, it, it's semantics, really. Because it's like she does, she has the rights to it, but she doesn't actually own it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's what's happening here. Because in our Mishnah, it says that im if she owned an animal, if you have rights to it, if you can, if you can take an animal that you have in your possession in this middle of the road approach that you're describing, and she can shecht it and have no financial obligations to the actual owner, then she owns it. Then she's the owner. We're we're breaking we're breaking the rule one way or the other because at the end of the day she's giving over an animal so I I I don't know I think this sugya requires some research so I I certainly don't fully understand it okay the Gemara says that the next two dots which is ten lines down we had said ola tikra ola that uh, if a woman if the animal was hers and then a, the husband had been made for nadareha that when it comes to the two animals of the ola and the shlamim veshlamim tikrav that uh, they should still be brought and what's what the vechule here is saying is that. Uh, is that by the shlamim that there is no lechem that's brought. And the Gemara says that this was a topic of conversation that will bring us uh, to the top of the next page, which is as follows. You cannot sit down until you explain this thing. Now the Gemara doesn't say what it is, but when you see the answer, you understand the question. I'll just tell you what the question is. The question is, what are all the cases in Shas where we see that a shlamim is brought without bread? You can't sit down until you tell me all the cases in Shas where there's a shlamim, but there's no lechem brought with the shlamim, which is an atypical presentation. And the Gemara says, here's the answer. 
There's four rams that are brought, which are brought for Shlamim. They don't have any bread. Shelo, one that is his. Vishela, one that is hers. Vishela Achar Hamisa, an animal after the owner dies. Vishela Achar Kapara, an animal after, excuse me, after Kapara has already been achieved. Shela, the case where she owns an animal, that's our Mishnah Hada Amram. That was our Mishnah. She owned the animal. It says Shela, and then it says Shela, and she's required to bring a Shlamim, but without any Lechem. That's case number one. What's case number two? Shela, what's the case of, uh, of him? That's not the Mishnah, right? It's a third of the way down on Chavdalad Amidbez. Ha'ish madir es beno benazir. A father is able to uh, make his son into a Nazir. Let's qualify just a little bit. It's only a Ben Katan. You have to be old enough and young enough at the same time. But a father can be Madir, his son, into Nazirus. But a mother does not have the power to do so. We're not focusing on that part of the Mishnah, but that's what the basics of the Mishnah say. And then... Uh, the Nazirus is rejected outright. This is unique because it's not a normal rejection of a Nazir. And then Gileach, he showed, the son showed his disinterest by, by pulling out the clippers, the COVID clippers. I gave a lot of haircuts during COVID. So he, he pulled out the COVID clippers and he's like, I don't want this. Well, Ryan, I'm shaving my head. Oh, uh, or the, or his cousins, his, his aunt, other family members give him a haircut showing that he's not interested. Or Micha, or he complains, then it doesn't apply. Now, in this case, where the child was forced to be a Nazir and then it was canceled, had he already set aside general money, then then all of that money, which represents the Chatas, the Ola, and the Shlamin, all of them are Yiplu the Nadava. They all go into the pot for a Korban Nadava. However, most Mifurashin, if the money had already been set aside, even though in the end he rejected the Nazirus, if the money was set aside in piles of Chatas, Ola, and Shlamim, then Dmei Chatas, that money gets tossed away. Dmei Ola, the money of the Ola that the child had set aside is Yaviu Ola, Umbaal, and Bohen. There we have a regular din of a korban ola that it still needs to be brought, even though the nazirus is gone. But once you set aside the ola, it needs to be brought. And umal and behem, there is a din me'ila by these olas. <clears throat> and me'shlamim, this is our, our line that we need. Remember what we were discussing. What are the four cases where we bring a shlamim that don't require bread? So we discussed the case of Shala, that was our Mishnah, where she... Her Naziris was undone. And we said she has to still bring the Shlamim, but without bread. Case number two is the, bar mitzvah, the under bar mitzvah age boy, where he was made into a Nazir and the father separated Korbanos from him. And then the kid rejected it outright. There too, that's case number two, where a Shlamim is brought without bread. Halfway down, what's case number three, where a Shlamim is brought without bread? Says the Gemara, Shela Misa Minalan. After a person dies, what's the Marimakom where we see that this Shlamim is brought without bread? Says the Gemara, Ditanya. Hamafrish Moslan Naziraso, a person who separates monies for their korban, their korbanos of Nazirus, Lo Nehenin Moalin Behen. That money you should not benefit from, but there's also no me'ila. Why? All of it can be brought for a shlamim. Okay, this also requires research, but it's not really the ikr of our Mishnah. What is the ikr of our Mishnah of this Brisa? Is it changed to a Mishnah? Yes. Mace, if he dies, if the man dies, remember our case, we're looking for a case of La'achar Misa after a man dies, but he had separated away Korbanos before he died. So then, that if he had separated funds, then this guy also, same dinim as before, the chatas, the money goes away. He should not benefit from it, but there's no me'ila. 
The Ola is the real deal. And if you mess around with that, then you will get Me'ila. And here is case number three. The Korban Shlamim has to be brought, but it's brought under different circumstances where there is no, uh, says the Gemara, where is it? Over here. It's It has a shorter period of Nosar. It's only Ne'echal and Yomechad. And Be'intun and Lechem. So now we have three cases. Three cases of a Korban Shlamim where it's brought without uh, bread. It's the case of Shelah, which is our Mishnah. Shelah, which is the case of the boys beneath Bar Mitzvah. And the case of Achar Misa, which we just saw over here. What about the last case, Shelah Achar Kapara? How do we know that a person after Kapara brings a Shlamim but without bread? Says the Gemara Svarahu. It's a rational, a rational answer. Shelah Achar Hamisa Maitam. Let's go back to case number three. Why is it that we said that after death that a person... Uh, brings a shlamim, but without uh, bread, because the lochazi le kapara. Once a person dies, you can't get kapara after you die. That's why we say vidui on the by a, by the deathbed, uh, by a shchiv We say vidui because we don't want them to go go to shemayim with any averas at all. Got to get rid of them. Shalachar kapara nami and says the gemara. The same is true after kapara. Once you did kapara, halochazi le kapara, and therefore the shlamim should not have any bread. In other words. There's a code going on here that we only need to have a shlamim with bread when there is a need for kapara. And in these cases, there's no need for kapara. The, this little part of the Gemara was started out by Shmuel asking, what are our cases of shlamim without korbanos? And we answered, shaloh, shaloh, la'achar misan la'achar kapara. Says the Gemara Vesuleika, I can find you another case where we see that a shlamim is brought without bread. What's that? Five, six lines from the bottom. Any shlamim, where the korban, where the korbanos were not brought properly, ksherim, they're still kosher, but doesn't help the bailim, they have to start over. Here too, we see that no bread is brought, no, no animal parts either. But for our purposes, we see that lechem was not brought. So how then... Can it be that you say that there's only four cases? I just found a fifth one. The Gemara responds, two lines from the bottom, we're only answering the question as it relates to mitzvahson when korbanos are brought properly. But if the korbanos are not brought properly, that's not what we're discussing. On the bottom line of the Gemara, this is a question that I was mentioning earlier about the Korban Chatas. We had said, that if a person separates $500 for all three korbanos, with no distinction, just to say, here's five hundred, uh, here's five one hundred dollar bills. These five one hundred dollar bills are the total cost for the three korbanos of a chatas, of an ola, and of a shlamim. But he didn't separate the monies yet. What did we say? So the Gemara says that's not so simple. How can you say that the money goes for an adava? A chatas is not an adava, and in fact, the din should be that that money is yiplu le how can you just give it as an adava? Achatas is a different type of korban. It doesn't have the same halachic status as an adava as the ola and shlamim, which are begeder and adava. So how can you say yiplul and adava? So says the Gemara, machlokes amoraim. Amar of Yochanan, halacha hi benazir. It's a halacha l'moshim Sinai in regards to the world of nazirus. What's the halacha l'moshim Sinai? That when it comes to a person who has who gives money stam, to pay for the korbanos of his nazirus, halacha l'moshe misinai, we don't have to separate the money for the chatas. It's a very odd halacha l'moshe misinai, but nevertheless, that's what it is. 
Reish Lakish argues. Reish Lakish says, you don't need a halacha l'mosh misin, I've got a pasuk in Chumash. What does the pasuk say? Reish Lakish amra, l'chol needs rehen, l'chol needs vosam. What do we learn from this pasuk? HaTorah amra, Mosar, neder, yehelin adava. Anything that, that's extra with your neder gets given for an adava. In other words, he says that it's a drasha. It's a drasha that the chatas is not separated in Yiplulun Adava. Even though the chatas has a higher level of Kedusha, uh, you know, Shlamim or Kachim Kalim, the chatas is the real deal. <coughs> That's what Reish Lakish says. So we have a machlokas between Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish if, as to the reason why we say that when a person separated all of the money into one group instead of three groups, that it's Yiplulun Adava. And uh, the Rav Yochanan was of the opinion of Salach Alamosh Misina, Reish Lakish says, that it is uh, Pasuk and Chumash. So says the Gemara, Bishlam other of Yochanan to Amar Halacha Ibn Azir, I understand the din of the Halacha Lemosh Misinai, Amtulachi, because the din of the, the Halacha Lemosh Misinai is structured as it is, therefore, stumen in, when the money is loosely uh, just thrown on the table, five $100 bills, we would say, Stumen, fine, I understand that's Halacha Lemosh Misinai, that Yipul Dava, but Mifurashan, no. And, and when the money is separated out, I would not apply the Halacha Lemosh Misinai. Elo the Reish Lakish, who's looking at the Pasuk that says, According to Reish Lakish, it's swear that it's a Pasuk. The Pasuk doesn't seem to distinguish between monies that were put in one pile for all three versus three piles, one for each korban. So that's difficult. And the Gemara says, You can't say that Pshad in the Pasuk is, when Rish Lakish brings the Pasuk of L'chol Nidrein or L'chol Nidvosam, you can't say that even if it's Mefurash, that we would say that it's Yiplu uh, L'nadava. You can't say that. Why not? Kfar Paska Tana Debe Rebbe Shmuel. We already learned this halacha from Tana Debe Rebbe Shmuel. Says the Gemara as follows. And says the Gemara, based on this Pasuk, The Pasuk here is talking about the children of animals that are Kachim, and the Tmura, the swap of animals that are Kachim. What do we do with that second generation, either the Vladim or the Tmura? Says the Gemara, that's simple. They should be brought up to the base of Mikdash. Says the Gemara, maybe Havamina that I would have thought by the Vlade Kachim and the Tumurasan. What might I have thought? Maybe I should bring them up the base of Bechira. I should bring them up to the base of Mikdash. But maybe we would say these animals need to die. These animals need to be killed because they're the Vladim of Kachim and the, or they're the Tmura. Says the Gemara, that's not correct. The same way you treat the Ola itself, that's how you treat the Tmura. And as well, And the same way that we treat the Shlamim, we treat the, we treat the Shlamim. It says the Gemara, and this is where we come in, Maybe we would say that the child of a Chatas, or an animal that's been swapped for a Chatas, that the Halacha should be the same, that they're brought as Korbanos. We therefore see that when a Chatas is separated, you can no longer put it in the category of Nadava. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Omer He says, based on the Pasuk of Asham, that when you're bringing a Chatas or an Asham, which are in that genre of Kapara type of animals, those can only be brought as they are. So this little uh, sugya here is clarifying something for Rish Lakish. Rish Lakish tried to say that the reason we know, the reason we know that a Dmei Chatas, when it's given Stam, that it's that it's not Yiplu Liyama Melech, but it's Yiplu Lunadav is based on a Pasuk. So we said, but the Pasuk 
should also include Mifurash and says then that's not possible because Tandbe Rabbi Shmala already taught us that the Khatas is different. A Khatas doesn't, doesn't get transferability, and therefore once you separate it, it has to have its own cause, and therefore both Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan can possibly be right. We're stopping right here. We'll pick up on Shabbos. Uh, some 35 minutes before Mincha, starting with the word Ketani, we'll learn Dav Chav Hamid Beis and Dav Chav Vav, relatively short blot. And then you can see Chav Zayin is also fairly short. Uh, and that uh, makes the next few days a little bit lighter. And uh, wishing you all a beautiful night. Yeah.